Good morning. Uh, scripture is John chapter 16, verses 12 through 15. I still have many things to tell you, but you can't bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. He will also declare to you what is to come. He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything the Father has is mine. That is why I told you that he takes from what is mine and he will declare it to you. This is the word of the Lord. Walter's reading reminds me that uh, this evening, after the deacons meeting at 6 o'clock, uh, we will be ordaining Walter and three other new deacons and celebrating uh, the new deacons uh, as a whole. Uh, that'll be tonight at 6 o'clock in here, so hope that you could uh, make it to that. Well, this is third in a series that, that really kicked off our emphasis for this year, which is Breathe, Holy Spirit Moving Through Me. Those of you who have been here the last few weeks know I've got that little thing going on, Holy Spirit Moving Through Me, that, that uh, got started, I think, by the Spirit's leadership. Two weeks ago, we talked about uh, uh, welcoming the Holy Spirit and singing, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here, and we uh, talked about welcome to our God, because when you talk about the Holy Spirit, you're talking about God. Last week, we talked about the Holy Spirit as our advocate, our comforter, counselor, and this week, we're talking about the Holy Spirit as our guide, as we've heard a lot about guidance already. Uh, I've received some fun uh, texts and emails from uh, the Wads and the Lloyds, who are members here, Diane Wad, uh, Bill Wad, uh, Dale, and Lynn Lloyd, uh, because right now, they, anybody know where they are? They're in, anybody know? Well, they've been in Australia, now they're in New Zealand, and uh, they keep uh, asking me about New Zealand because I think it was three weeks ago, four weeks ago, my son Nick and I... Uh, went to New Zealand, and it really was one of those trips of a lifetime. It was just incredible. Uh, I almost have a halo around me. That's weird looking. Uh, I guess that's normal, isn't that? Do I have it now? Okay, yeah. Uh, but that was near a place called Milford Sound, and it's where they shot a lot of scenes in the Misty Mountains and all with Lord of the Rings and all. And uh, it was just an incredible uh, trip that we took, and so we were giving, we're, we've been giving the, the Wads and the Lloyd some advice on where to go, what to eat, all that kind of thing. Um, it was such a great trip for me, mainly because Nick is such a well-seasoned traveler. He has literally uh, gone across the planet uh, on one particular trip, but he just is a savvy traveler, and I am not. I'm not good with that. You know, you've got to kind of turn me in the right direction when you're in, uh, you know, customs or whatever. And uh, so it was just great having him there, and I, and I remember telling him, you know, you're, you're like my Strider, and Strider's a character in Lord of the Rings who winds up being the king and everything, but he kind of guides uh, the Hobbits and that, that Fellowship of the Ring along the way. And, and that's really what Nick was for me uh, on that trip. He was my fearless guide. Well, that's what we're here to talk about this morning. Verse 13 of our passage talks about the Holy Spirit guiding us. Uh, Galatians 5.16 puts it very succinctly. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. So bottom line, where we're going, and you can look in your bulletin, by the way, there's an outline there if you want to uh, follow along with that, or you can just look up here, because I'll have uh, the entries here. But, but again, you can do both if you, if you are daring enough to multitask. So really what I want to talk about this morning is how does the Holy Spirit guide you and me? And we're just going to jump right into it. First of all, he guides us by giving guidance in steps and not all at once. If you look at verse 12, it says, There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it 
now. It's interesting. Jesus is talking to the disciples. This is the farewell address. This is what he's saying to them in a more formal sense soon before he is to be arrested. And he says, I want to tell you many things, but you can't bear it now. Unable to bear it. In other words, the Holy Spirit communicates truth and gives guidance and insight for us, but not all at once. And Jesus knows that. How many of y'all have used the GPS before? You know, you listen to that voice when you're trying to get somewhere, and especially if there are a lot of roads you have to take and a lot of turns you have to make, you know, it would be overwhelming if that voice were to tell you everything all at once right at the beginning. That's not going to help you. That's going to overwhelm you. Have you ever been in a situation where you're trying to find somebody and you're not sure where they are, and so you call them and they kind of talk you to where they are? Uh, again, if they just gave you all the instructions up front, that would be overwhelming. And if they dumped it all on you at once, it just would not work. You could not bear all of that information at once. Well, Jesus knows that you and I are, are limited in our capacity to process truth and insight and, yes, even guidance. And, and, and it's almost like a, a, a human being trying to give directions or something to a small animal or something. We, we just you know, can only take so much at a time. And so he guides us incrementally, step by step. And that's a big key to where you and I need to realize that, especially at those points where we need to trust him and realize he's guiding us at the pace that we need to go at that time. And that, you know, no doubt his, his guidance is 100% guaranteed. What we need to realize is we need to be faithful through that. If you look at Galatians 5.25, it says, Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Now, with the Spirit leading in every part of our lives, if we think about ourselves and our lives and our personalities, uh, our our journeys, uh, present and future, that's huge. That's complex. And so if he's guiding us in every part of our lives, is it possible for him to do that for us all at once? Of course it's not. The Spirit knows that, therefore he guides us step by step, moment by moment. He doesn't dump it all on us at once. As a loving father, he knows how much we can bear. It's much like a father of a five-year-old child. It's not like he's going to uh, begin teaching him uh, about upper levels of uh, nuclear physics. That wouldn't be good. Uh, It's hard enough with chemistry, I know, when you're in college. But when it's a five-year-old kid, you don't start with higher principles of nuclear physics. No, the father would teach him ABCs and arithmetic and and, and basic truths, teach him how to read very simple things. And then you go on from there, obviously, to things that you can comprehend later on. Paul does that with the Corinthians, who, if you read about the Corinthians, they were very, in a way, infantile in their faith. And he talks about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. He says, I had to talk to you as though you were infants in Christ, which they were. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. Later on, they had the capacity to have the meat, but not initially, and that's the way we are. You know, we can only know so much at one time, and so the Spirit doesn't overwhelm us as He guides us. He does it step by step. Okay, secondly, the Spirit guides us how? By increasing our knowledge of Jesus and His Bible. Let's look at verse 13. It says, when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own, but will tell you what He has heard. He will tell you about the future. Well, the word guide there really reinforces this idea that guidance is a process. He doesn't reveal it to you all at once. It's a long process, but it's a good one, and it's the way it just has to be taking you, in a sense, room by room. Um, The summer Deanna and I met, and she's hot, uh, the summer we met in 1984, 
uh, we were doing Centrifuge, which is a youth camp, uh, out, and we were on the West Coast team. And we had a travel week, which was awesome. Uh, we started in L.A., and we were there for about three days. And we eventually made our way up to San Francisco. But in the middle, we stopped at a place called San Simeon. Anybody been to San Simeon? Uh, and, and we, I remember we uh, stayed out in tents on the beach, which was really cool. And the next morning, we went to Hearst Castle. Who's, who's heard of Hearst Castle? Anybody been to Hearst Castle? It, Annie, you've been there? Who's back? I can't even see. Hey, you've have you been there? I didn't know that Terry. Has Glenn been there? No, just you. Well, um, Hearst Castle. Let me ask you this: How many of y'all have been to Biltmore House in Asheville? Hearst Castle makes the Biltmore House look like a bungalow, and, and I'm serious. It is massive. You you can tour the Biltmore House. How long was it? You know, you could probably tour it all in a half day. I would think. Hearst Castle, when we were there in '84, and I'm assuming it's still probably the same. There are four different tours of it, and each one takes a half day. We took one tour, <laughs> one out of the four, and it took up half of our day. And, and it, it's, it's that spacious, it's, it's that vast, it's, it's that opulent, it's just absolutely incredible. Well, you know, they are wise. They don't just turn you loose and let you wander around in the Hearst Castle. You're going to get lost for one thing. Plus, you're not going to get to really experience all of that that you could. You really do have to have a guide who's going to show you all those things. You know, we went through one out of the four tours. When we finished that tour, there was no way we could say, oh, we've seen it all. We know what Hearst Castle is all about. There's nothing more we can see. No, there was plenty more to experience. And, and our guide was interesting. I remember uh, she had led all four tours at different times, and she told us, you know, I still haven't seen everything in here, and I've led all four tours multiple times. Well, that's kind of how the Spirit leads us in a deeper knowledge of Jesus and his Scripture. He's this divine guide who takes us room to room. He doesn't let us just wander around in it. He doesn't try to make us learn it all at once. You know, there's a lot to learn. There's a lot uh, uh, to be revealed you know, there's a wonderful passage where it talks about the unfathomable riches of Christ. Ephesians 3.8 says, The privilege of telling about the endless treasures available in Christ. This is Paul talking to the Ephesians saying, There's endless treasures available uh, to know about Christ. Uh, the way I learned it was the unfathomable riches of Christ. There's so much to know. There, you, you know, you can journey through a book of the Bible 20, 30 times, and still the amazing thing is you go back and still something will be revealed to you even as you're reading through it, maybe when you least expect it, and you'll learn something new that's fresh. And it's just amazing, and you're so blessed by that. Or you might read a passage you know, that, that you've read 20 times before, but suddenly you connect it with one or two other passages and other parts of Scripture, and you really see how they lock together and, and point to some amazing truth. And that's the way it is, really, with God's Word. You can never say, I know all there is to know about Scripture, all there is to know about Christ. So, so keep reading your Bible uh, trust that even in the most mundane of moments as you're doing that, you could wind up uh, being blessed in an amazing way. Do you really think he's not going to continue revealing uh, wonderful things to you? By the way, it says there uh, in that verse, he will guide you into all truth. And let me just make one clarification that I think is important. Jesus is talking about truth that is already existing, uh, uh, truth that, that is already a body uh, of, of evidence that we already have, basically talking about what we know about Jesus and what we have with Scripture. It, it's not that the Holy Spirit will keep revealing truth as if truth is still evolving. That's where I'm trying to get. In fact, uh, let's look at it in the Greek, the, the tone, yeah. It's, uh, the, the NLT, which I love and which I love to preach from, says, he will guide you into all truth. Really, what it says literally where you see uh, ton aletheon, aletheon is the word for truth, but ton is a, um, uh, a definite article. It's the. 
So literally, it says, he will guide you into all the truth, all the truth. And it's talking about the truth of Christ, the truth of Scripture. So it's not like we're continuing to learn these different truths out there in the world. What it's saying is we're using Scripture and our understanding of Jesus as the framework by which we look at all things. It's more that worldview idea. So he'll lead us with these teachings and help us to apply them in our daily decisions, choices, that kind of thing. Now, there's one other way that the Spirit guides us based on this passage And we've already stressed this before. It says, by focusing our attention on Christ, not on himself. What is the primary function of the Holy Spirit again? Somebody raised his hand last week and told me. What's the primary function? Is he there? Is there? What's the primary function of the Holy Spirit? To guide us to Jesus. Very good. I told you you could leave last time because you got it right. You want to go now? Okay, good. Good. I love you. Great. Uh, it's to point to Christ. It's to guide us to you. You actually use the word, the operative word today, guide. You're good. Uh, we might have to talk. You might be called. Okay, now, uh, by focusing our attention on Christ, not on himself, that is the Holy Spirit. Let's look at verse 14. He will bring me glory by telling you. This is Jesus saying, he, the Holy Spirit, will bring me glory by telling you, the disciples, whatever he receives from me. So the Holy Spirit will glorify him. How? By taking all of Jesus's words, unique teachings, and passing them on to us. Christ uh, literally is on his throne uh, in heaven, but again, he will convey what he wants us to know through the Spirit who will bring them to us. And what's cool is the very next verse, he makes it all Trinitarian. He says, you know, what, what comes from up here is not just from the Father, it's from me as well. All that belongs to the Father is mine. He's saying, you know, what I say, the Father says. This is what I said. This, this is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. That latter part, the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Some people have referred to this passage as the passage about the disciples' truthful translator. In other words, uh, this passage is talking about how the Spirit brings to us, takes what Jesus wants us to know, and translates it into our reality, into our world, and into our thought patterns, right? He's the truthful translator. And that's vital to you and me. We need a truthful translator. Uh, so we can know what Scripture is all about and what Christ is all about. And people need a truthful translator. Sometimes they need him in, in interesting moments anyway, kind of apart from any of this. There's a guy named Jorge Rodriguez who needed a truthful translator. I remember hearing this from John Claypool years ago, and I still remember it vividly. Back in the 1800s, in the border towns of Texas and Mexico, there was a guy named Jorge Rodriguez, and he was a notorious bank robber. He was known to do these daytime heists. He would do these robberies in the middle of the day. And it got so bad that they brought in the legendary Texas Rangers, and they began trying to figure out where he was. And there was one ranger who was working solo, and he tracked him uh, and, and, and found him in a small Mexican cantina. And so he, he snuck into the cantina, walked right up behind Jorge, put a gun to his head, you know, cocked it and said, you know, Jorge, I know it's you. Uh, I know who you are. I've come to get back all the money that you have stolen. Give it to me or I will pull the trigger. And there was this tense moment, just this long moment of silence and tension. Basically, they realized <laughs> Jorge didn't speak English and the ranger didn't speak Spanish. So what do you do, you know? And he's got a gun to his head. And so finally, uh, a gentleman who was in there raised his hand and said, Sir, I am bilingual. Would you like for me to translate? And the, and, and the ranger nodded. So he goes up, first of all, to Jorge. And Jorge says, first thing he says is, Please tell the Texas ranger who is so large, I haven't spent a cent of the money. 
If you will go to the town well, face north, count down five stones, he will find a loose stone. If he pulls it out, he will find all of the money I have ever stolen. I haven't used a cent of it. Please tell him quickly so he won't shoot. Well, the translator paused for a minute and thought about this. And all of a sudden, he looked at the ranger very solemnly and said, Jorge Rodriguez says he is a brave man and he is ready to die. (laughs) So poor Jorge, you know, he's on the edge of eternity. What he needed most at that point was a truthful translator. But that's what we have. The Spirit of Truth guides us toward the truth of God's Word. Uh, Through the wording of the Father and the Son, He delivers. The Spirit delivers that to us. And let me just close by saying it's urgent that you and I be open to His guidance for the sake of reaching others because it really is a matter of life or death um, or with other significant things. And it's really cool, and I don't want to embarrass anybody, but let me just say on a side note, and I know we have deacons meeting tonight, we're ordaining deacons, but I did an email last night uh, sent it at 5.56, and it was about someone I know who, who has had a very significant need. I'll just leave it as vague as I can. And, and I thought, God, what are we going to do? What can I do to help with it? And 6.15, I get an email back, and it's handled. And it's kind of a big deal. And I thought, these deacons here just rock the world. And, and I'll just leave it at that. But it, got, it put me in tears, which I'm not good with uh, crying and stuff, but uh, I was just so, so moved by that, uh, meeting that vital need that people were felt guided, felt led to do that. But it really is also a matter of life and death. I know we were joking about the Allman Brothers earlier, and I have a picture here. This is me and Butch Trucks. Uh, Butch was uh, one of the two drummers for the Allman Brothers. Um, I met him at O'Teal's. Uh, many of us here know O'Teal Burbage, who was the bass player, uh, now plays with John Mayer and his group. And uh, uh, But O'Teal has spoken here and played at Brookwoodstock Brook before. But uh, uh, at, at, at O'Teal's wedding, and that's, that's the, the wedding there. I don't know if you know who Derek Trucks and Warren Haynes are, but they're back there in the back. But, but Butch came up to me, <laughs> and Butch is a rabid or was a rabid atheist agnostic. He kind of fluctuated, usually an atheist. But he came up to me after I performed this wedding, and this was a nice, laid-back, sublime kind of reception. He just said, I want to talk to you. Put his finger in my face. Okay. And for 45 minutes, we just went at it. Uh, here's why it's stupid to believe in God. Here's why this Jesus thing makes no sense. And I wanted to say, yeah, it doesn't. That's what's so great about it. But, but we kept talking for 45 minutes, and it got real lively, and people started gathering around, and finally O'Teal stepped in. He was like, Butch, what are you doing? And he was like, I'm sorry. I just get heated about that. You know, I was done wrong by a church years ago and this kind of thing. And this was taken, I think, right after we had that little chat. It's like, hey, you want to get a picture? And we looked so happy, like, oh, great, great reception. Wasn't the wedding lovely? Uh, but it was very intense. My son Nick was there with me, and, and it was because once we started, he was just like, I'll be over here if you need me, because uh, it just got really... Anyway, uh, well, I, I met Butch uh, multiple times after that, just uh, backstage when I'd go hang out and, and visit with O'Teal and everything. And uh, by the way, where's Tuck? Right there. Whenever, If you hear me, if I ever see Tuck, I call him Trucks. I don't know if you ever hear me say that, but I'll say, Trucks! And that's because we were backstage, and you met Butch, and um, Butch just walked up to him and said, what's your name? And he said, Tuck. He said, Tuck. (laughs) He said, if you were my brother, you'd be Tuck Trucks. And he thought that was the funniest thing in the world. So to this day, you're you're Trucks. Um, But anyway, uh, uh, Butch, uh, let's see, O'Teal called me Wednesday to tell me about Butch Butch died uh, this last Wednesday. 
And uh, O.T. was just very devastated about it. And he said, Jim, you know, the last time I saw him was at our last uh, week of Roots Rock Revival, which is this thing. Uh, that's O'Teal, who many of you know on the right. Butch is second from the left. The other guys are from, is it the North Mississippi All-Stars? Anybody heard of them? They're a blues band. Really, really good guys, apparently. But they, they go to upstate New York and have this camp for musicians. And there were 175 people at the last one. And they just kind of become mentors, instructors to these people through the week. Well, the night before the final banquet, and this is what O'Teal told me last Wednesday. He said, you know, we were having our final Q&A where it was just me and Butch up there. We started talking about music because somebody asked something about religion, and he and I, and he, we looked at each other and smiled because we, we argue about it all the time because I love Jesus in the church, and he has major issues with Jesus and God in the church. But we started talking about it. He said, Jim, the next hour, we talked about faith and spirituality and where he was at, where I'm at. And he said, and I promised, O'Teal said, Jim, it was, you, you knew that the Spirit was in the room. The Holy Spirit was in that room. He said it really touched lives and stuff. He said it was so cool. It was very worshipful. And he said, the last time I actually saw Butch, I was going to have to catch a plane uh, the next um, evening uh, to get back home. And, but I went to the last banquet. Every, uh, at the end of the week, they have a banquet. And Butch was the last person to get up there. And he was talking and everything, and right at the end he said, this has been the best week we've had of all these weeks. And he said, um, you know, I just thank God for you. And everybody, <gasps> you know, because the night before he had been kind of dogging God. And um, uh, O'Teal ran up to him and hugged him and said, you, you, can't, you, know, you can't take that back. You've got 175 witnesses here. Um, and, and they hugged, and O'Teal had to hit a plane and, they, and, and left. And that was the last time he saw him. Um, and Butch died very suddenly. Some of y'all already know this because it's been in the news and everything. Uh, O'Teal called me Friday morning and said, Jim, you're going to find this out. But, it, but uh, uh, Butch died of a self-inflicted wound. He said uh, he took his own life. Uh, things were really bad financially. I don't know why. He said, how could that happen with somebody, you know, <laughs> a big musician and everything? But he said it, it just got to him, and he took his own life. And... Um, It reminded me that guiding others to Jesus through the Spirit's guidance of us is so critical because it really can be a matter of life and death. Where is Butch? I don't know. I'm not going to lie. I'd love to think he is comforted now that he's in the arms of Jesus. I don't know. That's what I like to think, and I'm just being honest. But at the same time, I don't make that call. And secondly, it is indeed a matter of life and death to trust the Spirit's guidance and listen to the Spirit's guidance and be willing to vocalize what the Spirit is guiding you to say. Not just doing mere humanitarian work, but sharing the gospel of Jesus and confessing it openly and being willing to do that. Yes, Scripture makes it very clear it's a matter of life and death. So let's let the Spirit guide us to guide others to Jesus. Let's pray together. Lord, we uh, pray for the Trucks family who are very distraught and shattered. Uh, pray for our friend O'Teal who is as well. And we pray for all people whom we know who have gone through such difficult times. And we pray for people who are struggling to understand what it means to be your follower. And uh, most of all, we pray that you would help guide us toward situations that can be incredibly awkward. Uh, where we can share the gospel and, and fumble through it as best we can, trusting that your power is working in and through that moment. Uh, those moments. Uh, Help us to do it again and again. Uh, Thank you so much that you guide us and that you don't uh, uh, blow us back with with everything at once, which we could not handle, but that you're there to guide us every step of the way. Help us to walk forward trusting you, 
realizing that you're revealing what we need to know moment by moment, day by day, realizing that in the end you will guide us straight into your arms. We pray these things in your name. Amen.